0: Two points. The Beard's fingerprints are all over this game. Off the double team. Diagonal. Patty Mills with a downtown hit. That's lead by 12. The Bulls, the best record in the Eastern Conference at 27 and 11. Durant, count it. KD and one. 24 to eight extended run. Isolation here. Durant against McKinney. Durant, count it from deep. Kevin Durant Mills for Durant, back for Mills. Hit. Irving, takes the baseline, got him. Kyrie Irving gliding to the rim.
1: That's been an area that the Nets have all been sensational.
0: Nobody home, and Bembry punches it down. They're driving, they're getting to the basket, they're shifting and moving the basketball. There's been really nice movement, and they're getting stops. Oh look at the hustle! Benbury gets it ahead. Griffin slides, finds the open man, and Edwards with the flush. We're very much in the game. Highly competitive game, and then it got away in the fourth quarter. They lost 118-95. This has been the reverse. Harden the steal. It's behind the back and a razzle dazzle from the beard to Blake Griffin.
2: Basketball is good time for the under the hood basketball podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball? You've come to the right place. What's up y'all and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I am Jay Hood and we're so glad that you're with us whether it's college, whether it's pro, whether it's the WNBA, whether it's high school. Yes, we love basketball. We're glad that you download this podcast. Hope that you are checking us out on Spotify and being able to subscribe there or the ESPN Chicago app. Look for the Under the Hood basketball podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Go through all the shows. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, and you'll see our logo, Under the Hood with John Under the Hood and Boom. That's where you can find our podcast or wherever you're listening to us. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. My friends, the Bulls got their ass whooped by the Brooklyn Nets, 138-112. to 112. And I want to be able to get away from all the excuses of why the Bulls lost the game. Okay, excuse one, the Bulls lost because it was a 9 p.m. Central Time start on a Wednesday. Nope. The referees took the game away from the Bulls. Nope. Bulls had a grueling back-to-back with Detroit and then with the Brooklyn Nets. Nope. The reason why the Bulls lost that game against Brooklyn on Wednesday night is because... Of three reasons, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Three Hall of Famers on the floor against two or three All-Stars for the Bulls. That's the difference in the game. And you say, well, hood, the, the Bulls already beat the Nets before. Yeah, no Kyrie Irving. It shows you the difference when there is no Kyrie Irving on the floor. Kevin Durant is one of one. He is a special player. He's the best player in our league right now in the NBA. reason why? Because he's so versatile. He can do so many different things. You may be a LeBron fan. You might be a Steph Curry fan. You might be a Kawhi Leonard fan. Point is, though, is that Kevin Durant, because of the championship, because of the accolades for MVP, all the stuff that he's done in his career, he just makes the game look so easy, right? Big guy that can knock down the jumper. Big guy that can be able to get to the rim. A big guy that can be able to defend one through five, he's just that good. And so Kevin Durant on the floor, making it look easy. James Harden getting Michael Jordan calls. He earns those calls because he flails his arms. He's stop and go at the top of the key and is able to get calls. He, go, he always is trying to get to the basket or trying to shoot from the outside so he gets a lot of calls. And then there's Kyrie Irving. Irving, because of the COVID protocols and because he ghosts the team from time to time, people forget how good he really is, how terrific he really is. That guy's going to the Hall of Fame. And so you have three of those players on the floor at the same time, and the Bulls couldn't do anything about it. Levine had 22, DeRozan had 19, but the Bulls just did not have enough against three solid players. And keep in mind, their record is well over five hundred when you see those three on the floor. Harden. Along with Durant as well as Kyrie Irving. Some thoughts now from Billy Donovan. The first question I was asked to Billy is that, you know, a blowout like this, you lose 138 to 112. You kind of throw this out, right? You just throw the game out like it didn't even matter, right?
1: I think you throw it out. I think you own it. And I, and I, and I think a couple things. I think, um, you know, um, I think our guys have worked really hard, you know, up to this point to be where we are in the standings and I think with that there's a there's a, even a greater responsibility and maybe outside of DeMar I don't know if anybody else on our team has been in the in standings where we are right now and you know we obviously had a really really hard fought game in Brooklyn early in December um, and you know we were we ended up kinda of having a huge fourth quarter here, I think the first time we played them. So, you know Kyrie's won a championship. Harden's been deep in the playoffs. Kevin's won several championships. And you know what? Like those guys were gonna come back and obviously their team's getting whole. And um this 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 was it was a team that I thought was um you know, was the aggressor tonight and uh we have to understand and learn. This is some of the things I've been talking about from a defensive standpoint. And there was a lot of things tonight. It's not just like all putting it on the defense. But the hardest thing to do late in the season, or if you want to play late you know, in playoffs and things like that, and obviously we've got to earn our way every every day. Easy baskets are the most valuable thing that you can get. And our transition defense gave up easy baskets. We gave up transition threes, layups, second chance points. We fouled. Those are the easiest points you can give. And we had a fight for all of our points. And I'm not saying that the Nets didn't earn any of it because I think they clearly outplayed us tonight. That's evident by the score. But there's a lot of things that go into, you know, playing a team like this with where we are right now. And I think this can be something that can be good for our guys. I'm hopeful because um, it is only one game, you know, whether you lost by one or what we did by 30 something, we have got to be in a situation to understand that every transition possession is important. Every miss shot is, is, is critical. Uh, the level of discipline of not fouling. I mean, we fouled three point shooters, jump shooters quite a bit tonight. And I'm not saying that's why we lost the game. There was a lot of variables there, but even late in the game, you know, when they were up by, I don't know, 25 or 30, you know, two of their guys dove on the floor and one of them was Blake Griffin. Like there's just, you, you could just tell they were coming in here and and, and there was a, a mentality that they had. And I'm not saying that we didn't want to win the game, but we've got to understand how to play in games like this. And like I said, maybe outside of DeMar, you know, this could be a little, this is newer for everybody. And, and we've got to be able to, you know, accept that responsibility, you know, to uh, learn learning, grow through this experience so that we can be a better team from it. Because clearly, you know, I think everybody maybe before the season started, you know, with Kyrie being with their team, had Brooklyn, you know, maybe being the best team in the East. Well, next night we got maybe the best team in the West coming in here. And this is good for us because there's a lot of teams that are whole now. And a lot of the times within our the schedule, teams haven't been whole. And I know we're not whole, but I think, I think there's things that we can do at a higher level, regardless of wins or losses, that we can do that we have control over. And that was my whole point. When people talk about Juvonte and talk about maybe Alex and, you know, I don't know where Derek's, um, you know, situation is right now. That's got nothing to do with running back in transition, blocking out, fouling. There's nothing to do with those guys. And every guy on our team, we've got to get much, much better at those things.
2: So the thoughts there from Billy Donovan. No, you just don't throw the game out. Yeah, You lose the game, get your ass whooped. You don't throw it out. You learn from it and try to get better against Golden State on Friday night. So what he's talking about is Derrick Jones. At the time, that was a press conference right after the Bulls lost to Brooklyn. Derrick Jones Jr. out two to four weeks with a bone bruise. Alex Caruso is supposed to return Wednesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers and Javante Green is out with a groin. That's not the difference between the Bulls winning and losing. And I think to Donovan's point, look at the Brooklyn Nets. The difference is, is that Kyrie Irving's on the floor. And you look at that box score you say, well, what did he really do? Well, he's a threat. Right. So here's what it comes down to. And you know basketball, so I don't have to say this, but I'm just going to say it out loud since we're talking about this game. So you know that if you double Durant, that Harden can hurt you. You double Harden, Durant can hurt you. You try to play as good a defense you can against those two. And then here comes Kyrie Irving, a guy that also can shoot well from the outside and go to the basket and be able to get, you know, two and the foul. So, you know, again, you're going to pick your poison when those three are on the floor together. And so there are no excuses. The Bulls lost the game. And so when we have the conversation about where the Bulls are amongst the best in the East, well, they are one of the best teams in the East. And the only question I would have is how sustainable is it? And I think that they can't hang in there, especially if they're blessed with good health. What we're seeing here right now is a team that's on the rise, the Bulls, and playing well. What I enjoy, and Michael Reinsdorf talked about it on ESPN.com, you can check it out on ESPN.com with Adrian Wojnarowski. It's just relevant basketball. It's basketball that matters with the Bulls. And so they're going to take on one of the best teams in the East and Brooklyn lose the game. They're going to take on one of the best teams in the West on Friday against the Warriors. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. But these are just regular season tests. And I just think it's all entertaining because we got to find out how the Bulls can take a body blow, how how they can take a punch, and how they can be able to keep moving once they do lose, right? Once they do take a couple of shots, can they bounce back from the three ball, playing better defense, uh, being able to have health and have depth, right? One of the more exciting things about this team for me is to be able to see Ayo Desumu and Kobe White, right, coming off the bench and being able to contribute to this basketball team. Uh, I love the applause and the adulation for Ayo Desumu. He comes on the floor and he gets like a pop-like Zach Levine would get, right? Or like DeRozan would get. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of appreciation at the United Center for that young man. For and it's, not, it's more than that he's from Chicago or that he played for Illinois. I like that people respect DeSumu as a rookie, uh, that he's given his all so far uh, in the season. Bill Cartwright, do you know that name? Bill Cartwright, uh, NBA champion of the Chicago Bulls, was recently on NBA radio. He's happy about what he's seeing with the Chicago Bulls team. They are gonna- and you know, there's there's nothing stopping them right now. Look, every team's in transition right now.
3: Brooklyn, who knows who knows when the wall's gonna happen there who's gonna play. Um, Milwaukee, those guys are they're they're good. They've got a portable um, player and and Ghana that's really, really tough to stop. So it's You know, it's going to be a pretty big challenge, but they're right in the conversation. They've they've just played great all year. They've played solid.
2: Um, So there's, there's nothing stopping them right now. Good to hear from Bill Cartwright. Ah, those Jordan years, and Cartwright was a terrific Nick, solid Nick. And then he comes to the Bulls and wins championships with Jordan, the Bulls. Pretty solid. So he's happy about what he's seeing with this team. Uh, we're going to hear from Nick Friedell, by the way, momentarily. We're going to hear from Nick. I'm going to call him and get his thoughts about the Bulls and the Warriors that's going to take place on Friday as we record this on Friday morning. Um, Tim Legler was talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. And you say, well, Hood, why are we talking about the Bucks? Uh, well, the reason why is because they're the NBA champions. And they're the standard in the Eastern Conference. And the aforementioned Bucks they whooped up on the Warriors at Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee on Thursday night. So it's going to be interesting to see two wounded teams, right? The Bulls getting beat down by Brooklyn and then the Warriors getting beat down by uh, the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. Interesting, I believe in this game tonight with the Warriors and the Bulls that Klay Thompson will not play. Uh, as he's coming back from from a devastating injury, he's played a couple of games and shooting the ball decently. Uh, but they are going to need Clay Thompson to be full throttle if they want to seriously contend in the Western Conference. Some thoughts now, though, from Tim Legler from SiriusXM NBA Radio about the standard in the Eastern Conference. Fear the deer.
0: There's a very good chance the Milwaukee Bucks end up in the finals again. You know, and and I think we haven't been talking about that because. You know, we're obsessed with Brooklyn, you know, and rightfully so. They've got those three guys and all the drama with Kyrie, and so they get the most attention. Chicago has, has taken on a lot of the storyline mm-hmm. as of late. Miami's been really good. They get a lot of attention. Philly gets a lot of attention because of how well beads played and then the whole Simmons drama hanging over their head. So you know, even the Cavs got a lot of talk because they had a very surprising year. So there's been so many of the storylines. When the Bucks got off to a bad start, we kind of just dismissed them. We didn't talk about them anymore. Right. Well, when they're at their best, that's what it looks like. So let's let's take each team in this league right now, and let's say, okay, what is their absolute ceiling? What do they look like when they play their best? And right now, if if you said that about all the teams in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks are the best team. Now, they don't—they haven't done it enough this year to cement in our heads that, yes, this is clearly the favorite, but when they play their best, because they're significantly better defensively than Brooklyn, and they can be just as dominant offensively because of how good Giannis could be in the shooting around him, that the Bucks' ceiling and, and their best performance that they can put out there, that's still, to me, the standard for the Eastern Conference.
2: Hey, don't forget that this podcast is proudly sponsored by DraftKings. Yes, DraftKings. I want you to use the promo code WMVP when you use DraftKings. And here's why, right? The Dr. Martin Luther King games are going to take place on the 17th of January. Man, you got to have DraftKings with you. A full day of NBA games on Dr. King Day. Pelicans against the Celtics at 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Monday. I'm locked in. Hornets and Knicks at uh, noon. Hornets and Knicks at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be a good game on NBA TV. Let's see. Oh, yes, yes. 76ers and Wizards are going to play. That's going to be the Nets and the Cavs. That'll be interesting. Kyrie Irving returning to Cleveland at 2 o'clock. Then it's the Pacers and the Clippers. Eh. Well, anyway. You should watch anyway because the Clippers are there, and the Bulls will take on the Grizzlies. That game will be uh, in Memphis at two thirty on TNT. The Bucks against the Hawks at five. The Trailblazers against the Magic. The Raptors against the Heat. The Thunder against the Mavericks and the Suns against the Spurs and the nightcap on Monday, Jazz Lakers, all part of it. And what I would tell you is to go to DraftKings and again, download the app, go to DraftKings.com. Check it out. Use the promo code WMVP, though. Check it out. And, hey, it's a great time to be able to watch the action with a little skin in the game. Not only for that, but also wild card weekend for the NFL, some college basketball as well. Some interesting games is going to take place with some ranked teams on Friday and Saturday. Michigan's going to take on Illinois this weekend. That's going to be fun to see Michigan at Illinois. Uh, And so there's a number of ranked teams that will be involved, including Northwestern against Michigan State and so much more. Tennessee against Kentucky. That's a blood fight for college basketball uh, on Saturday. So check it out. DraftKings.com. You get the point. Promo code WMVP. Have some skin in the game. All right, let me hook up with Nick Friedel. We'll talk to Nick and get his thoughts about the Golden State Warriors and finally on the record. Finally on the record. He will talk about um, what he said and what he did not say about the Chicago Bulls. Did, Did Nick have this team like In the 12th seed, the 11th seed, saying the Bulls are going to suck, that they're going to be complete ass this year. The Bulls? Did he say that? I'm going to call my buddy Nick and get his thoughts. He's in town here in Chicago, getting ready to watch the Bulls and the Warriors. are doing pretty good i want to tell you that it was you know the nba has so many special moments and one of them is clay day the return of clay thompson i mean across the league across the world people are waiting for this man to come back the return of clay what is that what does he mean specifically to the bay area since you've been covering that team he
3: is immensely popular and even more than that his personality resonates In the Bay Area, the likes of which athletes in the cities and parts of the country that they represent, you you don't often see. I think people, especially in the Bay, respect the fact that Clay is who he is. He's not trying to be anybody else. Uh, He says what's on his mind. You know when he's having a bad day, you know when he's having a good day. And for him to have the mental toughness to fight all the way back in rehab after those two bad injuries and make it back on the floor just in seeing what was happening at Chase Center the other night on TV and on the replays, there was an outpouring of genuine love. And you don't see that in this era so much anymore with pro athletes, with fans, but everybody felt emotionally invested, and I think that's why that was such a cool scene to see Clay back out there knowing what he had gone through and knowing how many people
2: are behind him. What is the likelihood of another run for Golden State? Where do you place them, uh, especially when they're healthy, against the rest of the West? Hmm, I've thought about this a
3: lot. I, I think right now, Hoodie, they're the, they have to be the favorite in the West, especially, in large part because I'm just not sure who else would knock them down. I think mean, Phoenix instantly comes to mind because we saw what they can do last year, specifically with Mikhail Bridges. Nobody's stopping Steph, but in a seven-game series, I think he would irritate him a lot. And My fear in watching Golden State for the first half of this year, and certainly we're going to see what Clay can provide, and he's looked fine in these first couple of games, but we all know that he's going to be a much different player three, four months from now than he is in this moment because he's still shaking off the rust of having not been out there for two and a half years. I'm a little concerned offensively how it's all going to work when teams in a playoff series load up on Steph. Because you and I both know, as we sit here right now, any team that sees the Warriors in a playoff series is going to say, Steph Curry will not beat us. Now, Steph is so awesome that he (laughs) he may beat him anyway, but uh, they're going to load up everything on Steph, and it'll be up to Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole off the bench to provide uh, that antidote that they're going to need offensively. That would be... An issue though as to whether or not you believe that the Warriors can get all, all the way out of the West and then into the finals and, and win but as far as strictly the West is concerned I think it's Phoenix I think they have a legit chance and Memphis has given the Warriors Fitz hoodie the last year and a half they played them tough that would be a hell of a series I'm still taking the Warriors in that series but it would be a lot of fun to watch those two teams
0: Go back and forth. So right now, I would
3: would bet on the Warriors. But the other thing that you always have to remember, on top of the focus on Clay, Steph and Draymond, for the most part this year, have been very healthy. And at this stage of their career, with all the extra minutes that they've piled up, you just wonder if they can maintain that through the course of not only the regular season, but then uh, through the postseason as well. That's the hope. And if they do, the the Warriors will be right there, but that's where I I hesitate just because They've been doing this so long, but in the same breath, that's why you would hesitate on a guy like Chris Paul, because he's gotten hurt in the postseason before and he's even older than those guys. So you just never know. But the Warriors are looking good for where they stand at the
2: moment. One other thing about Clay Thompson, I, I just I guess I just didn't know, Nick. I mean, you've you've been around this team enough to know better than I just the love on the team for Clay. Anytime that Draymond <laughs> Green, who's injured at the time, dresses Takes a foul because he just wanted to be out there as part amongst the starting five for Clay. I mean that's just next level. I mean there's, I would say eighty five percent of the players in the league would not do that. Like he he wasn't available to play, but yet he dressed just to be part of that those festivities for Clay to be on the floor. I mean that's just next level respect for that guy. It's a a huge amount of respect, hoodie, and, and to your point, not only is Clay beloved on that roster
3: in the Bay. He is the throughout the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, players love the guy. And I think they love the guy for the same reason that we were talking about why the Bay Area loves him so much. Clay is who he is. <laughs> like that. You, know, you and I have been in this deal a long time at this point. We've watched a lot of guys who say and do one thing and then the cameras shut off or they get off the floor and they're doing a different thing uh, on a variety of levels. Clay uh, is just a genuine dude and that really resonates for his teammates, his coaches the players across the NBA and that's why you saw such an outpouring because guys get hurt and and guys maybe they haven't gone through the type of injuries back to back that Clay has dealt with but they, they always, players always know who is real and I, I take it a step further you remember when not only Derek came back all those years ago off the ACL, but then he got hurt again. But I, I would take it back to one moment, even from a couple years ago. Remember when he scored fifty for the yeah. Timberwolves? Oh yeah. Remember when all kinds of different players from from all over the league were tweeting and posting on social media? D Rose, it's, it's good to see you again. You know he. he he is in that Clay category of guys who players have a, an, a great deal of respect for. And that respect has only grown, especially for Clay, in these last couple of years, because I think players see their own careers through what has happened to him. And when you see that it can all flash before your eyes and you can get hurt and the worst thing can happen, to fight back from that is pretty
2: impressive. Nick, uh, one other thing. Uh, I was watching uh, Golden State in Memphis the other night. I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, this is a three thousand word column, so hope the hope you can uh, sell this to the desk. Um, I honestly got. I, I think that Ja Moran I, – I think that i think that uh, Ja is Derrick Rose. Yep. I I think he is. I I think he's a better version of it because here, here's my breakdown. Derrick, I think that the special thing about Derek Rose is is that he would take his time, right, to dissect the defense. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of these, you know, guys that was so fast from, you know, the foul line down and just break guys off the dribble and just cross guys up. He would take his time and find his way to the basket. He was not uh, electric. And I think that there's some of John Morant in that as well. Watching him against State the other night, I'm like, Wow, the way he's able to get it from the top of the key or get it from the right wing and then be able to get to the basket, it's like, man, that's kind of Derrick Rose stuff when he was really in his prime. Do you you see a parallel or am I crazy?
3: No, I see it. I see it and I saw it dating back to uh, like a year and a half ago in that Jock can impact the game on so many different levels, but Hoodie, what set Derrick apart? early on. What set Derek apart before the ACL injury? It was the athleticism mm-hmm. and the ability to race up and down the floor and make some unbelievably athletic plays on top of the fact that you knew that you know, at 21-22 his game was just growing. It was expanding. He was learning to do more. So I see it and and not only that I'd, I'd throw this one back at you in that the Grizzlies led by Ja, if we are maintaining the Derek comparison, the, the background players and, and the guys that have helped form the identity of that group, it reminds me of those initial Bulls teams that had that defensive edge and that had that that confidence and swagger. I mean, I, I the, what's flashing in my mind right now is Joe Keem talking, you know, what to the, to the, heat. <laughs> like the, the the Grizzlies are not scared. And for a young team, you just don't see that much. And you don't see a lot of players like John ja Moran. So I think there are a lot of parallels there. Uh, I'm curious to see what Ja does to the rest of this season and how that
2: group continues to grow, but they are on track for, a really strong run for a lot of years behind him. Yeah, this isn't Grindhouse Memphis. It's just fun. Just yeah. fun, fun and young. I mean, you had 18,000 people saying, whoop that trick. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I mean, black, white people, kids. Dogs. Everybody. Everybody's it now. Everyone's got a Kyle saying "Whoop that trick." I mean, that that is intimidating. Like, you mean they're gonna come down and beat me? No, that's from the movie. No, that's <laughs> everybody's Terrence Howard in there. It's like, what the? Hey man, whoop that trick, man! Like that. I mean, what is going on? Like, it's vintage Memphis. That place is intimidating, is it not? Well, on top of that, hoodie, it's
3: exactly what you said. In that, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is a fun atmosphere. Collegiate we absolutely and memphis has always been a hotbed of, of basketball uh, the the last especially 10 15 years or so uh, with the the memphis college program playing at the level that they played at especially under calipari uh, and then to see the grizzlies and you know gasol and randolph they film uh, they they formed that identity but this team is different and it's not the same and and people are excited to see this young group and this young, unbelievable player, John Morant, really come into his own. So I don't think they are ready for the big stage yet. I don't think they're knocking off the Warriors or the Suns in a seven-game series. But they are that team to keep an eye on because they're young, they're hungry, and they haven't experienced that much failure yet. They're still on the rise. They're They're growing. And it is going to be something really cool if they can add another piece or two in these next couple of years because it appears that everything else is coming together.
2: Uh, and, and their coaching staff, and Taylor Jenkins has, has done a really nice job making it all work. It's what New Orleans should be, right? If it wasn't for, exactly. you know, Stan. Exactly. And except, and, except that fan base. I mean, we're talking about fun. Hoodie, it's fun going to Bourbon Street. You and I have done that. It's fun being to- in New
3: Orleans, but... That Pelicans fan base has never been there. The Grizzlies fan base has. Yeah. And when you're when you're trying to see why they've they've gotten to this point, I mean, Ja's incredible. Zion's got uh, some big problems that he's got to overcome. But uh, I give a lot of credit to the people in that Memphis community who stuck by that team uh, as they've transitioned from one era to the next.
2: What about the Bulls, Nick? What about the Bulls? <laughs> Now, now listen. Now listen. Let me help you out. I'm going to help you. Let me help you. Okay, It's because you're getting crushed here. You know that, right? You're getting well, crushed. Well, I'm, can
3: I, We need to clear this up. We need to clear this part of of the Bulls
2: conversation. Go ahead. I just, as a friend, I just want to help you. But go ahead. Well,
3: I, I and, you know, I appreciate it, and and you know, I love Stacey. I, mean, <laughs> I still remember Stacey coming on with us. You know, oh yeah, 12, 13 years ago. I, I love Stacey. But Stacey has told the world repeatedly, like a
2: politician, ah, Nick said this team was the 11th seed. I never said
3: that. It never happened. Those words never came out of my mouth. I said that they were improved. I said that uh, I thought they could be a fringe playoff team somewhere, like the 6th, 7th seed in the, in the play-in tournament somewhere. I just never thought that their ceiling was anything more fan the second round and hoodie I have to be honest with you always I still believe that I know they've won a bunch of games I know that things are looking much better than anybody could have predicted for DeMar DeRozan who's been awesome so far this year but I'd say the same thing I, I thought when they they signed DeRozan which was DeMar has been great historically in the regular season and when the playoffs roll around he's just not the same player so he's got to shed that label if they're going to do what they want to do. And Levine has been really solid, but he's never been to the playoffs. So all that being said, I'm getting crushed and, and people love to say, oh, Friedell doesn't believe in the Bulls. No, they, they run back the video of my boy Tim Bontemps. And because I was laughing in the background that people are just saying, oh, you idiots, you think they're, they're the 11th seed, they're the number one seed i never ever said that it's nowhere on any tape it does not exist so uh, i told stacy this in november that he needed to set the record straight and yet i turn on the game all the time and (laughs) he's still crushing me for something i never said so the bulls are better than i thought they would be but they are not uh, nearly to the level that uh that uh, I had predicted
2: before the season. I, I always thought they were improved, just not this good. Fidel had him in 11th seed. Bang, bang, bang. Sriracha. <laughs> Give me some butter with that roll. Fidel had him in the 12th seed. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Nationwide is on your side. Hoo-hoo, the pipes. The pipes. 12th seed. Okay. Okay. My my, my analysis is, is that, okay, Zach Levine has help. That's we talked about this before the season started. Yeah. We looked at the roster, he's like, he's got help. But the help we saw was I like Caruso because he's a hard hat, lunch pail guy. LeBron's missing him right now in Los Angeles. Very much. Um, I thought that Vucevic is a walking double double. People laughed at it and said, "Well, he was with the Magic, so what does that matter?" Well, they're still they're not empty calories. If he gives you you know fifteen and ten a night, if he gives you twenty and eleven a night, that's still good. That's more than what Levine had in the previous years. So I like that. I like Lonzo Ball. I talked to Joel Myers. The voice of the pelicans i said how much has he improved and joel said you're getting someone now that's on the apex it's on the come right yeah because not just a distributor but also he's finding his shot again it's not the quirky cartwright shot he had when he first came into the league he's a lot he's a lot more confident with the three and then derozan okay solid veteran okay nobody could call that derozan was going to be this good saw him as a spur saw him as a raptor and thought." good solid pick you know solid player people question the money I did not I did not question the money I just said here's a solid veteran that's needed on this team along with some of the other pickups by Eversley and Karnaschovas but nobody had DeRozan as an all-star that's bullshit that didn't happen but but what we're seeing here is a guy that's really hot and and so ultimately my question is about the Bulls the Bulls are off to a hot start. Is it sustainable? Some have speculated like, okay, the Bulls are good now, but will they be this good in March and April into the playoffs? That's the hope if you're a Bulls fan, but is it sustainable because they're off to such a hot start? That's the question. And
3: and that's what they're going to have to answer for themselves as a group that, aside from Caruso, really, and I know DeMar has had playoff experience, but buddy, look at that roster. It's just... The The experience that you'd like to see in the big moments on the big stage, it's not there. So uh, it remains to be seen if it's sustainable. What I would tell you and what I thought all along about these moves that the Bulls made is that if it, all things are equal and everybody's healthy, the Bulls are not beating the Bucks. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are not beating the Nets, to me. And I say that as somebody who is around the Nets more, and I see the flaws, and there are many. (laughs) But but what wins in playoff series? Anybody who is listening to us right now, what wins in playoff series? We live this with the Derrick Bulls. Stars. Stars win in the playoffs. I am not betting against Kevin Durant... (laughs) James Martin and Kyrie, uh, if he's out there at this point, so I, I just I, that's that was always my my issue with the moves. Certainly, Karnasovas and Eversley have made it all work so far, and they deserve all the credit. And I have so many friends in the organization still. It's so good to see people into this team again in the city. It, it's fun. It makes the league better. Having said all of that,
0: I wouldn't put the Bulls past Milwaukee. I wouldn't put the Bulls past Brooklyn.
3: I don't think I would put the Bulls past Miami in a playoff series because I think that that team, if they can get healthy, just has a lot more experience. On top of the fact, who the hell knows what's happening with Ben Simmons or what will happen in the next month or so, but Philly is not a team with MB that... You want to see if you're a Bulls fan because they've had success already this year and they just have no answer for what MB gives them. So they're the number one seed right now. All credit to the Bulls. I still don't think much changes, though, in that I don't look at this team and go title contender. And I think that's where the disconnect is between some in the fan base right now and reality of what may come as the games get bigger and the playoff stage gets brighter,
2: I I completely understand your point of view. However, uh, you apparently you had them in 13th place in the East, so that's that's a, right. That's, that's a, right. That's it really.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, big ups to my man Stacey because he has played this thing so well. it, it, it is straight. He is a straight politician. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He said that we weren't going to be any good. i I, I got I to gotta go back on the podcast uh, uh, with him at some point. We're trying to work out the timing, but it, it just cracks me up. Because <laughs> no matter what I say, no matter uh, how many different people, every time the Bulls win, I'm getting the Timmy Bontev's video sent back at me. And I'm getting somebody wrote an article that DeRozan was the worst signing in the yes in the league over the summer. That has nothing to do with me.
2: No, like, that's that. Well, that's well, That sounds like Kevin Pelton, but I, I'm not that, sure. I
3: don't even think it was a KP. <laughs> it was a KP production. But I like. I never said that. I, I, I've always liked DeMar. My whole point on tomorrow was people said, "Oh, the Bulls got another star." DeMar has absolutely exceeded any expectations. My point on DeMar always from the start was, can you see him leading a team through the postseason? And historically, if we're using the last few years of his career and the reason why uh, Toronto moved on was that the answer was no. So maybe he can change that narrative. I mean, Hoodie, you, you know me as well as anybody. I would love nothing more. Than the Bulls to roll all the way through the East. <laughs> and, and, and Bristol calls me and says, "Hey, uh, you know, can you just get down to Chicago and help us out with with some of this coverage? A- another week in Chicago? Are you kidding me? Like in the summer? I, I you couldn't you know, like they wouldn't have to pay me a dime. I just show up. I could go to Joe's every day. I could call you. We could go get a burger and all it'd Feel like the good old days. So this this narrative that. I hate the Bulls and that I said all this stuff. It's just, it's just
2: hilarious. It it really is. Well, my friend, I'm glad you spent some time and uh, looking forward to Golden State and the Bulls Friday night. Thank you so much.
3: It's going to be a fun one. And we know this hoodie. When the games get big in the UC, the fans are into it. And that part, having lived it for so many years, is really something Uh, to get excited about because I know it'll be rocking in there with Steph and company, and I know if this team can maintain the level they've played at, uh, there are going to be playoff games that are loud, and again, the NBA needs Chicago
2: to be good because it's better off for the product as a whole. Good to hear from my guy, Nick Friel from ESPN.com, as we talk about the Bulls and the Warriors and around the NBA. As always, appreciate you listening to the podcast and hope that you have a great holiday weekend. I'll be watching a ton of basketball, college and pro, because... I'm the host of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. And hey, hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood, or Instagram, IGJhood, as always. We appreciate your support for basketball conversation because basketball is hood. Hey. Hey.
4: I was born on the south side. I was raised on the south side. Good days on the south side. yeah I paid on the south side. With the church on the south side. With the work on the south side. Whole family from the south side. Don't wait to go outside on the south side. South, south- South good days on the South Sax, get paid on the South Saves, with the school on, on the South Sav. It was cool on the south side. In the summer, played in the pool outside. With my friends, eat chills with our mouth wet. Top down, right down, lake sure should dry. Look in the mirror, like damn, I'm Yeah, so I should go hard while I never can. Yeah, I'm about the green, then you colorblind. Hair yeah, shaking six piece, rats on the side. And we can't run the struggle, so we on the grind. Playing double dutch on the on my spell time. Talk a bed on us, know they pretty land. Cause it ain't no sad like the south side. We like family and don't play about Everybody stick together like we in the land Cause it ain't no sad like the south side I was born on the south side I was raised on the south side Good days on the south side Cat paid on the south side With the church on the south side With the work on the south side Old family from the south side Don't wait to go outside on the south side South side South saps, got paid on the south saps. They